You've made the decision to go gluten-free. And I have to commend you because it's a great decision. If you're going to start quieting your Crohn's or colitis symptoms with food, food, glorious food, then eliminating gluten, it's really your perfect starting place. But now that you've made the decision to eat gluten-free, how do you get started? That's what this episode is all about. If gluten-free is your destination, I've got you covered. Gluten freedom in five simple steps. Here we go. You are listening to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. Welcome, dear one. We meet again. I'm so happy that we're sharing this time together. Crohn's and colitis, it can be a monster, can't it? And here we are uplifting each other. We're talking about this invisible disease that no one seems to get but us. And I don't know about you, but in my life, that's rare. It's rare for me to find someone who gets what my life is like as a mom with IBD. So I'm grateful. I'm just so grateful that we have this opportunity to connect today. Let's use our time together to make big, bold IBD action steps. Sound good? All right, cool. Let's get started. So something that I know, when you make a decision as big as trying a gluten-free diet, I know that you have given this a lot of thought. You're sick and tired of being on the medication merry-go-round with no results or little results. Your IBD isn't getting better. You have tried toxic medication after toxic medication. It's offered to you as a cover-up for your symptoms. All that diarrhea, the abdominal pain, the bloating and the gas that you feel after you eat, the soul-sucking fatigue, and the treatments that give you nasty side effects. All of that just leaves you feeling like you're never going to be the mom you know you deserve to be. And I know something about the way that you feel right now because I have felt exactly that same way. Back in 2007, when I was starting my gluten-free journey, man, was it tough back then. No one knew what gluten meant. Heck, I didn't know what gluten meant. I had never heard of it before. It was really rough navigating that world. So in this episode, our focus is going to be on how to get started. When you know you're ready, when you know that what gluten is, and you know why it's a good idea to remove it from your diet. But I do want to say, if you're still thinking about the what and the why of gluten, I highly recommend that you go back to episode 34. Who else is confused about gluten? That's the episode where I start at the beginning. I lay out exactly what gluten is and why you want to avoid it. 
You can think of that episode as part one on our journey and this episode as part two on your way to gluten freedom. Both episodes, they can stand alone, but together, ooh, together, they, I have to say, they're golden. Before we move into my five-step plan, the how on your road to gluten freedom, let me just give you the gluten-free 10-cent tour. You'll want to go back and take a listen to the full episode of 34, but I'm just going to give you the gist here. The biggest thing that you want to know about gluten before we start your five steps is that gluten and IBD, they just don't mix. I'm not going to sugarcoat it here because... I'm a straight shooter. I like to tell you exactly how it is. I like to keep it real. So out of hundreds of IBDers that I've had the pleasure to meet and chat with in our gut love community, I've rarely met someone who's rocking their IBD remission on gluten. And that might sound like really bad news to you if you're just at the start of all this and you're still wondering if you should remove it or not. But I actually prefer to look at it as a positive because if you can remain gluten-free and it's so much easier today than it ever has been before, look at the life that you can have. Less pain, less trips to the bathroom, less bloating, less gas, less painful joints and skin rashes, etc., etc. Really powerful stuff. Remember that gluten, it's a protein found in wheat, rye, barley, and other grains. And like I said, gluten and IBD, they just don't mix. Think of gluten as I, what I like to say, the wart-nosed witch. And it's the food grade equivalent of white school glue, right? It's all sticky and gooey, gelatinous, and frankly, generic. And the gluten of 50 years ago, it isn't the gluten that you're ingesting today due to farming practices to yield more and grow faster crops. Wheat and other glutinous grains, they're just not your friend. Gluten, it can create so much damage to your intestine that we flare up. And worse, it can then move into our bloodstream when we have leaky gut and it can inflame our joints, our skin. Even our brain can be inflamed when we're sensitive to gluten. Gluten has been linked to things like brain fog, lack of focus, anxiety, depression, ADHD, headaches, even neurological challenges like dementia and Alzheimer's. So I just wanted to give you that 10 cent version tour of gluten and some of its effects on us. That's really the Reader's Digest version of your gluten-free why not, but it's enough to catch you up so that we can now move on to the how. After listening to this episode, head over to episode 34 for the complete picture, and I promise you, you'll be glad that you did. Now, I don't know about you, but I am a sucker for a system. When somebody says system, I'm like, heck yes, girlfriend. I want a system. I want a framework. I want a step-by-step guide, a tutorial. Just give me the steps so I can have at it. And Gluten Freedom in five simple steps, it's your complete plug and play system. So I want you to follow it to a T and then you'll be moving on to Gluten Freedom in no time. Step number one, know what you're looking for. Knowing what gluten is, it doesn't always help you know how to look for it. And knowing what to look for, it's all about reading the food label. 
and we're going to get there. I'm going to get you all set up for what to look for on the food label, but I also want you to be able to find gluten even if the food doesn't have a food label. So let's go ahead and start there. If there's no food label, the best thing to remember is that food in its whole and natural state doesn't contain gluten. We're talking about plain fruit, plain vegetables, plain protein, beef, chicken, turkey, pork, fish, and seafood. Eggs are gluten-free. Plain butter is gluten-free. Plain oils without any seasonings are gluten-free. Plain milk and other dairy products are gluten-free. Plain unseasoned nuts and seeds, those are gluten-free. And there's some grains that don't contain gluten either, like rice or quinoa. Do you see a pattern here? Plain, unmarinated, unseasoned, unflavored whole foods, they are gluten-free. In some cases though, even with whole foods, you're gonna wanna be wary. Like yogurt, for example, which is a dairy product, it's gluten-free, but if you top it with granola, not gluten-free. Some yogurt flavorings are not gluten-free. Plain meat is gluten-free, but pre-marinated or pre-seasoned meat may not necessarily be gluten-free. Oftentimes, it isn't. A plain block of cheese, let's say, that's gluten-free, but store-bought shredded cheese in a package, it's often not gluten-free because the manufacturers like to add flour as an anti-caking agent to keep the shreds from sticking together. Veggies without dip or salad dressing, that's gluten-free, but when you add that dip, then you're likely getting glutened. See how adding in just one ingredient to your plain whole food, it can change everything. But that doesn't mean that you have to eat everything plain, hell to the no. It just means that you either need to read the label and look for the words gluten-free, or you just need to add your own, buy it plain and add your own seasonings when you're at home. Trust me, there's amazing flavor that you can add with your own seasonings. Eating gluten-free, it can be amazingly flavorful and, in my opinion, delish. In fact, I'm willing to bet, I'm willing to bet that a whole new world of flavor is just around the corner for you. Just you wait and see. In step number one, we found out what to look for. Now, in step number two, we go looking for it. We look for it by knowing how to read those food labels I was telling you about. We become gluten-free super sleuths. You already know how to look for gluten when there isn't a label. Now let's tackle looking for gluten when there is a label attached. And that label, it will be on your packaged, your boxed, your canned food. And unfortunately, that label is there and it's meant to confuse us. Because when it comes to food labels and gluten, there's three things that are most important for you to know. Three things that can help break through the confusion about what contains gluten and what doesn't. Let's talk about what you need to know number one. In the United States, gluten-free food labeling is completely voluntary. This is not the case in every country, so if you don't live in the U.S., you'll want to check out what your country's regulations are for transparency for transparency with gluten-containing foods. But in the U.S., there is no FDA, that's the Food and Drug Administration, there's no FDA mandate that requires a product to say it's gluten-free. So just because a product doesn't say gluten-free, 
that doesn't mean that it isn't gluten-free. Let me give you an example here. So you wouldn't typically see the words gluten-free on a carton of eggs, but that's because they're naturally gluten-free. See what I mean? Let's talk about important point number two, and that is if a product does say gluten-free, you can be sure that it contains less than 20 parts per million of gluten. And you can trust me when I tell you that that is pretty low. For most people, and mind you, I'm saying most people who are gluten-free, including celiacs, that is usually low enough. And important point number three, the last thing that I want you to know about reading food labels is that the FDA does not require a front label on the product to say that it contains gluten. So if this doesn't clear things up for you yet so that you know you're guaranteed gluten-free shopping with ease, don't worry, we're going to get there. Understanding gluten and food labeling, it's a really tricky task, but knowing how to read a food label, it's about the most important thing for us to talk about. You just can't go 100% gluten-free unless you understand the food labeling and how it works. So right about now, you might be thinking, well, why can't I just look for the word gluten? If it says gluten, then I don't eat it. Well, it doesn't work that way because remember, food manufacturers, they aren't required to tell us that their product contains gluten. In fact, they pretty much never do. The ingredients though, oh, the ingredients, they never lie. That's why it's up to us to be gluten-free super sleuths so that we know if an ingredient has gluten in it. For example, ingredients like brewer's yeast, semolina, spelt, dextromaltose, those ingredients, they all contain gluten. When you know which words equal gluten, now you're living the life of gluten freedom. Let's talk about how you're going to do this. Like I said, it all starts with food labels. We need to understand that a food label has three parts. And when I'm talking about food labels here, I'm talking about that part of a box, a package, or a can that has the nutrition facts panel. It'll say that in the United States. It says that right at the top, nutrition facts panel. And that's the food label that I'm talking about here. It might be on the side of the product or it might be on the back of the packaging. It's somewhere though. It's somewhere because the nutrition facts, they're required by the FDA. So just move the box or the package or the can around until you find those nutrition facts. There's three distinct parts of the food label and they include the nutrition facts panel, the ingredient statement, and the allergen statement. Most of us are taught how to read the nutrition facts panel where you see how much fat is in a food or how much carbohydrate or salt or sugar a product contains. But when it comes to gluten, I just want you to ignore that part. That part doesn't matter. The two parts that we're most interested in are the ingredient statement and the allergen statement. Now, the first place you're always going to go to look for gluten is the allergen statement. And if you're listening to this at home, you're walking around the house, you're doing something, you're cooking in the kitchen, go ahead and just grab some, any kind of product out of your pantry, a package, a box, a can, it doesn't matter. And you can follow along here because when you can really see it, it will help you understand exactly what I'm saying here. If you don't have access to that, if you're listen to, listening to me on a walk or while you're driving in the car, just save this place. And if any of this is confusing, you can just go back and while you're looking at a package, you can listen. 
Okay, so like I said, you go to the allergen statement. It's at the bottom of the nutrition facts panel. It's the last thing that you're going to see, so way at the bottom. One of the allergens that the FDA requires be listed here is wheat. So if you see the word wheat in the allergen statement, you're going to know that that product contains gluten. You'll know you're going to step away from that package. Now, I wish that this was a foolproof way to avoid gluten, but unfortunately, as we talked about a few minutes ago, gluten comes in many forms. It's not just found in wheat. So after you look at the allergen statement, now it's time to look at the ingredient list. It's just above the allergen statement. Check for your obvious sources of gluten like wheat, barley, rye, but also look for hidden sources of gluten like the ones I just mentioned. Those words that don't say gluten, but they mean that there's gluten in the product, those are the words you're looking for. Now, there's so many of those words. I wish I could tell you there were only a few. There is a massive list, way too many hidden gluten words for me to tell you all of them on this episode. But I do have a complete list. So if you want a copy of my hidden gluten, never eat unsafe ingredient list, feel free to DM me on Facebook and I will send a copy your way. On Facebook, I am at the IBD health coach, at the IBD health coach. And I've loved, loved chatting with you over there on Facebook, on my new Facebook page. So hit me up and I will be happy to send that ingredient list your way. It's at the IBD health coach. Now, now that you know how to read a food label, right? Looking at the allergen list, looking at the ingredient list, you know how to check for the obvious and the not so obvious gluten. It's time to kick step two up into high gear, that looking for gluten step. We're going to kick this step into high gear. It's time for you to put those newfound skills that you have into practice. We're going to start by looking at your pantry. I want you to look at your boxed, packaged, and canned foods. Check out their labels and see what contains gluten. You're going to be really surprised. I know you are. You're going to be so surprised at all of the foods that contain gluten in your pantry that you just never even realized it was there, ones you never suspected. Soy sauce, yep, it contains gluten. Most Most salad dressings, yep, gluten. Teriyaki sauce, yep, it contains gluten. Now, that's not to say that we can't find gluten-free versions of these foods. For example, like soy sauce, there is a gluten-free soy sauce. It's called tamari. There's lots of gluten-free salad dressings out there. You just have to know where to look to find them. When we start to look for gluten-free alternatives, we'll see that you can nowadays, you can find them everywhere. You just have to know where to look. Now, once you accomplish your pantry clean out, it's time for you to go to the grocery store. Step number two is all about looking for it, looking for gluten-free food. So I want you to go for it. Take that trip to the grocery store and start checking out different foods. You don't have to buy anything on this trip. This is more of a reconnaissance trip to see if you can find foods that don't contain gluten. Remember, your best bet is going to be looking for foods that are naturally gluten-free. And those are the foods that I mentioned earlier. The vegetables, meats, fruit, nuts, seeds, eggs, yogurt. Food that's in its whole and natural and plain state, it's usually gluten-free. 
This is the kind of food that doesn't come in a can, a package, or a box. It's the kind of food that you find on the perimeter of the grocery store. You've heard that before, right? If you want to be healthy, stay on the perimeter of the grocery store. This is also where you're going to find your naturally gluten-free foods. So look to see what contains gluten. If you find something that does, then you know it's time to step away from the package and move on to something else. I want you to come back from your reconnaissance mission with a sense of pride because you did it. You did it, mama. That's a huge step. You took an amazing step, the knowledge building step. What's that they say about knowledge and insight? That's half the battle, right? Step two to gluten freedom, check, done. In step number one, remember, we found out what we were looking for. In step number two, we went. We went and we looked for it. Now in step number three, it's time to make a plan. We're going to make a plan for gluten freedom. Will you go all in? Or maybe will you just dip a toe in and go gluten-free meal by meal? Maybe this week you'll try breakfast and then next week you'll add lunch and so on. There's really no perfect way to do this and going all in it doesn't necessarily mean that you're more committed than folks who take a dip your toe in approach remember when it comes to our ibd and it comes to healing our ibd we have to match our symptoms with our lifestyle keep your lifestyle in mind when you're deciding how you want to commit how long you want to take to commit this is really important in finding a plan that works for you The planning step here in step three, it will also involve your family because we have to figure out, is you going gluten-free going to be just you? Is it going to be your whole family going in as well? Going gluten-free, it's healthy for everybody. So it's not like they can't do it. There's really no reason why everyone in the family can't go gluten-free with you, but it really is just a personal choice. And of course, it involves that lifestyle component again. Do you have the time to cook separate meals for different members of your family? Will you feel more supported if family members are doing the gluten-free life along your side? Are they, you know, doing it with you? And I know what you're going through here because I remember not that long ago trying to make this decision for my family as well. Most of the food that we have in our house, it is gluten-free, but occasionally some pasta or bread with gluten in it, it will make its way into our house. I don't intentionally make things that have gluten in it, but I also don't want to make everyone feel resentful of my diet. I try to walk a fine line and stick with things that are naturally gluten-free. That way nobody feels like they're missing out. And I remember my client, Penny, she was telling me that when she decided to go gluten-free, she had, I love this, she had a big family meeting to talk about it. Penny has teenagers and she really wanted to get their opinion before she brought all the gluten-free food home. Really cool idea, right? So to her surprise though, Penny was telling me that her teenagers said that they wanted to do it with her. They wanted to support her. Plus, they were really into sports and being physically fit, so they thought that it might be a good idea for them to try it as well. So that's what worked for Penny's family, but everyone is different. 
that's just a couple different ideas for you to kind of mull over on how it's going to work for your family. But remember, everyone is different. So I want you to just take that time in the planning phase. Talk to your kids if that's possible for you if they're old enough to have that family meeting and just see what works out best for your particular family situation. Once you decide whether you're going all in here or you're going to take the escalator approach down to the finish line and then you also decide whether your family will eat gluten-free with you or if it'll just be you riding the gluten-free train, it's time for some meal planning. It's time to figure out what you'll be eating and when. And I'd say at least for a week. You want to plan at least for a week in advance. Deciding on the meals that you'll eat, the ingredients you'll need for those meals, making a list for the grocery store, heading to the grocery store to buy those things you need. And you already did that reconnaissance mission, so this might not be that challenging. And then coming home and meal prepping those meals that you planned to help you save time and money, right? This is a whole gut healing adventure that you're part of now. And I don't want you to let the meal planning part of your new eating plan overwhelm you. This is that place where I see many moms stop. But, but, listen to me, it can be done. Trust me, it can be done. If you're completely new to meal planning on an IBD eating plan, and if you want to get a jump start on meal planning, on that whole meal planning part of eating gluten-free, that deciding what to eat, figuring out the ingredients, the meal prepping, all of those things. If you want some help figuring that out just a little bit faster, and and I have to say you're listening to this episode in real time, I want you to know that I have a brand new live training all about this. It's all about Crohn's and colitis, meal planning made easy. And it's all going down tonight, July 22nd, 2021 at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you want to join me live for my meal planning workshop, all you have to do is go to karenhaley.com forward slash meal planning. That's karenhaley.com forward slash meal planning. And Karen Haley is spelled K-A-R-Y-N because my mom had to be a little bit different. And Haley is H-A-L-E-Y. The replay will be available, so if you're aren't if you're not able to join us live, still go ahead and sign up and I will send the replay your way. I hope you'll join me live because there's just this wonderful energy that happens in a live exchange and then you'll also be able to get your questions answered in real time. So you can get started right away. And one last reason to join me live today is that today's my birthday. And when it's my birthday, I like to give things away. So I'm giving some extra special bonuses for everyone who shows up live. The Crohn's and Colitis Meal Planning Workshop, it's happening tonight. So I hope to see you there. Okay, so you gluten-free goddess, you know what you're looking for when it comes to gluten and you've gone looking for it. You've also made an amazing plan that includes how you're going to go about it, right? The dip a toe in or the dive in approach. You are going to decide whether your family is going to join you. And then you've done all the meal planning, the meal prep, and you're ready to start eating gluten-free. What's next? Step four. Step number four is next. And step number four on your gluten freedom plan is to dive in to eat it to go for it whatever diving in means for you remember that could mean dip a toe in or it could mean go all in plan all your meals do it up right from the start 
So many people though that I see, so many people I see starting a gut healing diet like gluten-free, they will go for it. They will start with gusto, but only a few days later, they quit when they don't see results. Now we know, we know that Rome wasn't built in a day and neither was your gut health. Going gluten-free, I'm going to tell you straight here, it isn't the kind of thing where you wake up after a week and you say, oh my goodness, I am healed. (laughs) So when you dive in, I want you to know you're diving in for the long haul. You're not diving in for a few days or even a week. You're diving in for the long haul. When you follow the steps that I've laid out for you today, you'll be prepared to start your gluten-free life. And preparation is really, oh my goodness, it really is the name of the game when it comes to sticking with a gut healing diet. We all know this, right? When we prepare for something, we are much more likely to stick with it. Those who go in knowing exactly what gluten is, where to find it, those who prepare their weekly menu ahead of time and they meal prep ahead of time, they are more likely to succeed in the long run here. Let me ask you a question. When, when will you dive into gluten freedom? Go ahead. I want you to think about it. Think about it right now while we're chatting. Tomorrow? In a week? In a month? When will be the right time for you? And don't just say, I'll do it in the fall. I'll do it in the spring. No, I want you to pick the day, like August 1st. That has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? August 1st. Or maybe, maybe you feel like you want the kids to be back in school before you can really commit. Okay, how about September 1st? Or whatever that day is that the kids go back to school. Make it your day too. Are the wheels kind of turning for you? Did you pick a day? I'm going to trust you did. Okay. Awesome. Now I want you to put that date on your calendar. Make it official. Put it on your calendar. All you need to do now is go through steps one, two, and three before that date. You can do it. You can do it. Don't feel overwhelmed. I know you can do it. Remember, I'm here to help. So get in touch. If you want help with this, I'm here for you. Get in touch. We'll figure it out together. Okay. Last step on our plan, our simple plan, is step number five. Now, you are rocking that gluten-free life. You are all in. You're not cheating. You're giving it your all. The kinks have been worked out, and you're feeling really confident about your planning, your cooking, your eating gluten-free. Now it's time for step five. It's time to assess. Ideally, you'll give gluten freedom a minimum of three months before you take a look at how it's going. Now, I wouldn't even expect miracles in three months, but hopefully after three months, you'll see some improvement in how you feel. Researchers tell us that gluten can stay in the body for up to six months, but the three-month mark, it is a really great place to just take a step back and ask yourself, how's it going? It's really as simple as that. How's it going? Do I have less diarrhea? Do I have less bloating and gas after mealtime? Do I have more energy, less headaches or brain fog? Do I have less skin rashes? Did my skin clear up? The answers to these questions or questions like these, they will help you determine if gluten-free is worth continuing to help keep your gut symptoms in control and even your beyond gut symptoms too, right? It will help you determine if it's worth carrying on with this. And you might say, yes, you might say, 
oh my goodness, I feel fantastic. I feel the best I've ever felt in my life. And if this is the case, you're going to keep rocking that gluten-free life. You're going to feel really grateful that you stumbled onto something that can really protect your health and ensure your gut-loving future. Doesn't that feel good? Or... Although it's highly unlikely, you might say, nope, this really didn't help me at all. I gave it a fair shot. I didn't cheat, not even once, but it didn't help me. Know that this is not the end of the line for you. Know that there's so many healing mechanisms when it comes to Crohn's and colitis. I want you to keep searching, keep searching, and keep trying new things within the food lifestyle and mindset realm because I know, I know there's a path for you. I know there's a path out there for you. So keep looking for it. And if you are like many of my clients, you're going to say to me, wow, this gluten-free thing, it really is helping me. I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I do see some benefit. I wonder what else I could do to help me feel better. What can I combine with living gluten-free to help me feel even better? And I'm not going to lie to you, mama, Crohn's and colitis, they are a complicated beast. There isn't really one healing fix. Wouldn't it be nice if there was? But using a gluten-free diet, it can be life-changing. But it, it usually, it's just one spoke in your wheel of wellness. Now, I've talked about my wheel of wellness before. I've talked about that concept on the podcast, but... Just know we all have this invisible wheel. It's rolling along next to you right now, wherever you are, it's rolling along as you move along with your life. This wheel, it has many spokes in it. Just like a bike wheel has a lot of spokes in it, it also has a lot of spokes. And one of those spokes might be eating gluten-free. Another might be some type of daily movement. Another would be your doctor. Another would be your meditation or spiritual practice. And another might be your health coach, like me. Healing, it takes a village. And your wheel of wellness, it gives you a village of health. Step five on your gluten freedom plan gives you the power to assess where you're at with your wheel of wellness. It might be time to add spokes when you need them, or it might be time to change them out, right? To get rid of the ones that are no longer serving you. Step number five, assessing where you're at. It's a step that you'll come back to over and over on your IBD healing journey. I've had Crohn's disease for 34 years, and I am constantly coming back to step five, making tweaks and then moving forward again. And I wish I could tell you, I wish I could say that going gluten-free is the cure for Crohn's and colitis. The truth is, it's not a cure, but it definitely is a game changer. I want you to let it be a game changer for you when you follow these five steps that I outlined today. Let's go ahead and go over them one last time. Step number one, know what you're looking for. Know what gluten is and where it hides. Step number two, go looking for it. Go to your pantry, go to the grocery store. And then it all starts with knowing how to read the food label. Step number three, we make a plan. And that plan includes not just your symptoms, but your lifestyle. One that takes your family into account and one that includes meal planning. Step number four, dive in with gusto, give it your all, no cheats. Step number five, assess. 
not after three days, not after one week, but after a minimum of three months, three months of consistently being gluten-free. Make tweaks to your wheel of wellness and keep moving forward. Keep moving forward to keep your IBD in its place. All right, remember, remember, dear friend, if you want to join me live tonight to learn more about how you can take your gluten-free diet to the next level and get results faster, you can join me for my meal planning training. There's still time to register for my Crohn's and Colitis Meal Planning Made Easy workshop. It all starts at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The link to register is in the show notes, or you can go to karenhaley.com forward slash meal planning, and remember, it's Karen with a Y. I hope to see you there. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD healing journey. Chat soon. Thank you so much for joining me today and for listening to today's episode. When it comes to IBD, I know there's a lot of resources out there, and I'm truly honored that you chose the Cheeky Podcast to get your IBD information today. If you found this information helpful, please give us a rating and review. It helps other moms find the podcast and see what we're doing over here to help IBD moms everywhere. And if you feel called to do it, share this podcast with an IBD mom who you know could really use an uplifting message today because that's what we're all about over here at the Cheeky Podcast. One last thing, if you're still with me, and if you are, you're definitely my kind of gal. We have to get to know each other better. If you're tired of living on the hamster wheel of IBD with all the ups and downs between flares and remission, if you're struggling to get control of your abdominal pain, gas, bloating, diarrhea, and other troubling IBD symptoms, go to my website. It's karenhaley.com, and my mom had to be just a little bit different, spell my name with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com, and schedule your very own free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting session with me, where we discuss the challenges you've been having, we set goals to help you move forward, and we talk about how we can work together to help you get your life back. It's a power-packed 30 minutes. You don't have to live in IBD status quo. There's so much that can be done to transform your life so you can thrive in motherhood and thrive with IBD. I've seen my clients walk this path and it gives me so much joy to take that journey with them. My entire coaching practices run online so you never have to leave your house and you never have to get out of your jammy or yoga pants for us to work together. You know I'm wearing them too. If you're ready to take your first amazing step towards healing, I'm ready to chat with you. Schedule your free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting sesh today at karenhaley.com. Click on the work with me tab and I'll see you soon. It's important to note that the information in this podcast and in this episode is for general information purposes only and not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The statements made in the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, either by me or my guests, is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before implementing any new treatment protocols, do yourself a favor and consult your physician first. Thank you so much for listening, for being here, for saving this space for us to spend some time together. Until we chat again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD journey.